0: HD Smartcast. You're listening to a Hindustan Times production brought to you by HD Smartcast. On the record today, we have someone whose show on Netflix has become quite the talk of the town. Uh, Most people have views about it. A lot of people love it. A lot of people have very strong reaction to Indian matchmaking. They feel that by portraying arranged marriages with the help of a matchmaker, the views are kind of regressive with me. Someone who is behind this entire series, Smriti Mundra. Smriti, thank you so much for joining us on the record And I'm so excited to talk about it because there's so many things to talk about. First of all, I want to ask you, when you started making this, and I know that you got into it as part of your first film, which was A Suitable Girl, which also dealt with matchmaking and this entire process in India. So when you you know, started making this for Netflix, did you expect the kind of strong reactions that you are getting right
1: now? Um, yeah. So first of all, the, the film, uh, a suitable girl is a very different film. It's uh, it's actually more of a coming of age film of three young women. And it doesn't much get into matchmaking, um, in the, in the, in the way that Indian matchmaking does. Um, so, uh, but uh, certainly Seema Taparia was in that film because uh, much of it focused on her daughter. Um, and I've known her for a very long time. She was my matchmaker, you know, back in, in the days. Um, and, uh, yeah, when we made Indian matchmaking, yes, I was definitely prepared for strong reactions. I was definitely prepared for you know uh, for for a lot of conversation to happen around the show. Um, I, I wasn't prepared for for the show to get as big, you know, and blow up as big as it has, um, and for all those conversations to become so global. But um, but yeah, no, I was prepared. I knew it's a, for a topic as big and triggering as marriage. There was no way it wasn't going to spark some conversation.
0: So elaborate on this. I know that you're married. You said Seema, Seema auntie, who we all know now. is She was Mumbai. your matchmaker as well. Yeah, Seema from Mumbai. Uh, she was your matchmaker. Tell us about that.
1: Yeah, she was. Um, th- th- that's sort of how uh, Seema Didi and I, I call her Seema Didi, Seema Didi and I met um, initially. So I went through, you know, the standard, you know, phase that so many, you know, uh, Indian women go through. Uh, when I was in my 20s, where I, you know, my, uh, my mother had sort of taken over uh, the search for a life partner for me. And she um, had, you know, did the Shadi.com profile and times of India matrimonial ad and also, you know, had my bio data circulating for to a number of matchmakers, including Simaridi. And that's how we first met. She didn't find me a husband, but we did make, you know, a film and a TV show together.
0: So just for our uh, you know, people who are watching right now, I want to just give them some context. You are, of course, someone who's been born and you know, who's grown up in Los Angeles, and I think some parts of it in Mumbai as well. And mm-hmm. you're, of course, your father's a filmmaker. Many of our um, viewers might know him, Jagmundra. And so you're saying that a lot of this uh, process that you show for all the different characters that feature in your series, it's something you went through as well, but in the end, you met someone who you fell in love with. Like tradition, I mean, you know what? Maybe that's <laughs> for people. And they get yeah, depends it, on yeah. who
1: you're asking if it's traditional. Style. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. I um, so I was I was uh, mostly raised in in Los Angeles, but uh, you know, grew up. I lived in uh, Mumbai till I was about seven years old, and then returned. Um, you know, came back frequently throughout my life and then came back to live in Mumbai um, uh, later in my life when when I was 30 um, for for a number of years. Um, And yeah, I mean, in terms of, you know, I have been through or experienced every emotion, almost every emotion that everybody on the show, you know, um, has experienced uh, when it comes to, you know, dating and marriage and, you know, all of the pressure, all of the heartbreak, all of the, you know, sort of um, rebellion, all of that stuff, I have personally been through.
0: No, so Sima, help us understand this because you know I, as a person, watched it. I mean, I find the idea of arranged marriage really regressive, and I would never go through it myself. But I understand there are lots of people who accept it. Now, you're a Columbia. Um, you know, you're from Columbia. You're a grad from there. That's where you, uh, I think, picked up your skills of filmmaking, mm-hmm. and. So explain it to people. When people say the whole idea of the series is regressive, because for an independent woman to um, you know, give a kind of biodata, and many people find this whole idea of the biodata that, you know, someone chooses them and says whether they're good enough or not, whether they're fair enough or not. So obviously a lot of this comes from your personal experience as well. So would you help explain it? And I want to I wonder if you can weave into it what you went into, you know, your objective going into this whole project was as well, that how is it that an independent woman like yourself uh, would agree to have someone like Seema from Mumbai Mm -hmm. uh, judge them? Because it is, I mean, you know, it is a process where someone who, an external party judging you and saying, this is what you're good for. This person is okay. That person is, you know, yeah, you know, it's beyond, you know, uh, you know, out of a league, as some would say.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it uh, it depends on, you know, do you do you find dating apps regressive? It's, you know, in some ways, it's quite similar. You're you're putting in, you know, your own information in terms of your, you know, whatever parameters, height, education, etc. Um, you know, is a, is a matchmaker more regressive than an algorithm? You know, I think that's debatable, you know, um it I think it really, yes, absolutely there are aspects of marriage period, whether it's you know in in sort of uh, Indian society or in Western society. Marriage period is essentially a a regressive institution, or it can be. You know, traditionally it is. Uh, Marriage, you know, the idea of marriage has also evolved over time for many people, just as matchmaking has, just as the idea of arranged marriage has. And I think, as you can see on the series, for a lot of the participants, you know, it's it's a supplementary tool, you know, to dating apps, to meeting somebody the traditional way, old-fashioned way, you could say, you know, um, of meeting somebody in you know at university or in a bar or wherever. Um, it's a supplementary tool. Of course, the the most conservative, you know, there's a spectrum, right? Just like with anything. The, the most conservative and regressive end of it absolutely exists. And we, you know, we try to uh, portray a bit of that, you know, also in the show. But it's also, you know, there's also a, a version of it, which is, the, the loosest definition of arranged marriage, the absolute loosest definition of arranged marriage, where the full agency is with the young person, but they choose to involve their parents, you know, in their decision. Now, I think if you take a step back and look at the entire institution of marriage and the pressure that the idea of marriage puts on women, the pressure that women have internalized around the idea of marriage, you know, yes, I think that's extremely regressive, but that's true whether you're using a dating app, whether you're trying to find somebody at university, whether you're asking friends to introduce you, um, you know, no matter which way you meet somebody, the idea of marriage and the, the, the fact that women, particularly men also, but women in particular still feel pressure to marry by a certain time, have children, all of those sort of Conventional steps, you know, um, that women are very much expected to conform to all over the world. Whether you're Indian or whether you're you come from another culture, um, is very regressive. So, you know, and just like you know, in India, there is a range, you know, of experiences, um, ranging from the very conservative and the very regressive to something that's that's not not very different from a dating app, actually, just a little bit more bespoke. So, you know,
0: you talked about uh, agency. So, I'm very curious. Did you for example, and I felt that as well, because, you know, here and some of your characters, for example, Ankita, you know, yeah. I could really identify with her. And it's interesting. And she said, no, I've been let down and she took it up. So she there's obviously agency there. However, you know, the the sick girl and her father, mm-hmm. it was very obvious. I don't know. It was just an impression as someone watching it. It was, you know, I found the whole uh, the the say that parents have kind of interesting and that's where I found it kind of uh, repressive as well. That you could see that the, she herself being a divorced sick woman didn't have anything against meeting this um, new person who, and just because she, you know, this new perspective candidate uh, was married to a white person, her father says no and she's reluctant and she still says yes. Now I wanted to ask you, I mean, obviously we can all take our interpretations from there and maybe you can tell us the backstory, but I wanted to ask you, were you aware Smriti and you know, did that weigh you down that I have to project things on camera because you know this may be perpetuating what is already problematic in India, that the parents and the kind of, and you know, because we know in India that a lot of parents, you know, they there's kind of, you know, this whole caste discrimination is perpetuated by parents. And and we see a lot of patriarchy in that form. So were you aware and what did you think was your responsibility when
1: you were dealing with these moments on the show? Um, it's not my job to make the idea of marriage or arranged marriage or matchmaking or our traditions and our values. Generally I'm to be, I'm generalizing. It's not my job to make them appear more progressive or inclusive than they are. I had to be honest to the experiences of the participants in the show, you know, and, and honest to the world as it is, you know? Um, and then it's up for up to us, you know, as a society to, to change the things that we don't like. Um, as far as, you know, um, Ankita, yes. Ankita, you know, is an incredible person. She's very strong. She's also very vulnerable, you know, and she also wants to find companionship. It was her choice to see a matchmaker. Um, she still is someone who says that she wants to find companionship. She wants to find a husband. She wants to find love. She just wants to do it on her own terms. And I think that's something that a lot of women can relate to. Is she regressive for wanting a life partner? You know, that's debatable. You know, I don't think so, but I think that's a very human need, but I guess you could debate that. Um, Is she regressive for involving her parents in that decision, people who she trusts and loves? That's debatable. You know, maybe she's internalized, you know, things or they've put pressure on her that we can't see. We don't know. But a lot of people do feel that their parents are are, uh, amongst their most trusted advisors and people that they, you know... um, Uh, have their best interest, you know, Um, that's a very complicated equation, by the way, you know, because I, my, my parents, you know, were very progressive, you know, um, and I knew that they would support me no matter what decision I made, but there was still a lot of pressure, you know, for my family to get married. So sometimes it can be a mixed blessing, but I think we have to sort of meet people where they are in terms of their life experiences. It is quite a privilege to be able to say, I'm not gonna do this traditional thing. I'm gonna live my own life on my own terms. You know, that usually implies a degree of financial security, of stability, of support, of a degree of education. And not everybody has that opportunity, you know, to do that. And not mm-hmm. everybody gets there at the same time. You know, some people it might take years to to sort of come into that degree of independence. Some people might never do that and might never want to do that. I think we have to just meet Meet people where they are, you know, in terms of their own experiences, and not project our worldview or our values onto them. So, you know, for Rupam, yeah, she she very much values, you know, what her father says. But if you see in the show, her sister is married to a black man, you know, it's like there's yeah. no hard and fast rules, you know. I think her dad was trying to guide her as best he could, but ultimately she was going to do what she wanted to do.
0: I know. Uh, that's what I find fascinating about the show because it just was a window to how different people live and, you know, like a window to their lives, which is interesting. And also a kind of revelation about how people are finding their partners, but Um, So you you, you obviously know how you chose uh, Seema from Mumbai because she was your matchmaker as well. But how did you go about, I'm very curious about that, how did you go about choosing everybody else? Because I think, I mean, you would say that the whole point of the show is that they're all different and unique. And I think there's certain characters who obviously, Aparna, for example, has, you know, uh, elicits such a strong reaction in people that she's so independent and that makes her likable unidentifiable to some people and she seemed to be the person who by her refusal to be flexible is is right right. so that's there um and of course the men like whether it's uh, akshay and others by their you know the desire to find this perfect woman and uh wanting people to fit into that impossible mold so how did you go about looking for them
1: so the the first, you know, order of duty was to go through, you know, SEMA, these entire client list, you know, of 500 people and call every single person, every single family. And it tried to explain to them about the show and, you know, uh, and hope, you know, that they would at least be open to the idea um, that eliminated 99% of, her, 99% of her clients, um, you know, of course, I mean, there was the non-starter for most people, especially because this is a very new type of show, you know, it's, it's not a traditional documentary, you know, um, and it's, you know, in, in the sense that it's not sort of for educational purposes, it's not, you know, it wasn't filmed over years and years and it's not a reality show, you know, in the sense that a, tra- a traditional, typical reality show where we weren't casting, you know, uh performers you know we weren't casting actors or people who um, you know kind of knew what they were going to be getting into and we weren't looking for certain types or anything um, so it was a little difficult to explain you know exactly what we were doing you know and the fact that I think you know I, I went through the same issue with the suitable girl you know trying to try explain to people you know what we we're doing and we're making a documentary and you know why do we want to film this and everything but that was you know just two of us with a Camera, So it was a little bit easier, you know, to sort of uh, just sort of go with the flow and get the people who are okay with, you know, us being around with cameras. But um, for this, it's like a big production, you know, and a, a lot of it had to be planned ahead of time, um, you know, uh, and so it eliminated a lot of people like immediately. So, but, there were a few people you know who were interested and up for the adventure, um, and then you know along with that, we definitely sort of supplemented uh, we did our own outreach um, and sort of supplemented you know other people that um, that uh, b- essentially recruited more clients for Sima Devi so she could do the matchmaking she needed to do on camera um, so the process was very organic in the sense that everyone went through the steps of in- onboarding with her as a client everyone who's on the show is somebody who would be her client, you know, there's nobody who, you know, there was no sort of stunt casting or token casting or anything, but definitely there was a conscious consciousness, at least on our part, while we were casting to try to include as many diverse points of view, as many diverse backgrounds as we could, you know, um, as we reasonably could. And we know that like, you know, sort of in, in India, you know, matchmaking is very community based, you know, um, and there's different matchmakers for different communities. So there was a, there was a, you know, uh, you know, we had to be sort of honest to who, who like, you know, would want to work with her, um, you know, but, uh, and who she would, who she would typically work with. But within that, we really tried to push for, you know, as much, uh, you know, as, as many different points of view, you know, as we could.
0: The, the face reader can't be for real. I mean, he really <laughs> oh, he's <knew. laughs> very much for
1: real. <laughs> Oh, he's very much, everyone is very much for real. And they're all people that, that Seema Didi has worked with for years. I mean, I know, like I've known that face reader. I'm, I met him when I, fir- when I first met Seema Didi, you know. So, uh, you know, the the Panditji, the face reader, the life coach, they're all people that, you know, are very much uh, actual working professionals. <laughs> um, no, you because know.
0: it seems like, you know, he's describing exactly and, it was at first glance, so it seemed uncanny, really. I wanted to ask you, the whole format that you had, which is that everybody meets with the family and then they go off on a thing, was that something that you all came up with, that, you know, bring ev- the families together? And, you know, because it doesn't seem to be, I mean, it's a new way of doing it. That Was that your suggestion as a filmmaker?
1: No, that's really Seema DB's, you know, methodology, she kind of believes, you know, in, in her, you know, fairly traditional way that, that, um, there's a greater chance of success, you know, of a match if the parents are involved, you know, in sort of guiding the relationship, if there's to be a relationship. So, um, you know, definitely like some things were a bit on a a condensed timeline, you know, um, for, for production, but, like, but, uh, but, yeah, all the steps that happen are, are steps that she authentically would take, you know, in setting up matches. So, yeah, she's, and, and it's did, a case by case.
0: How did you, I mean, get out of the matchmaker thing and find someone yourself? Like, oh, you know, how nah. did that happen?
1: Okay. <laughs> um, Columbia University was my matchmaker. Um, I, met, I met my husband uh, at the very tail end of, uh, of graduate school. And he's he's not Indian actually he's Brazilian. <laughs> yeah. So so but uh, Sima Didi
0: was still in the picture.
1: Mm, by the time he came around, that was pretty much winding down. You know that process. I was I met him right when when I turned thirty, um, and so I I started working. You know, doing the whole sort of matchmaking process, all of it. You know, uh, around twenties seven and a half, you know, almost 28. And I did it for about 18 months, you know, almost close to two years. Uh, but then it just, it got to be too much, you know, um, and I had too many of uh, like feelings of my own, you know, self worth that were getting tied up, you know, into the idea of marriage, and I wanted to take a break from it, you know, and try to just be myself for a while. And um, And, uh, and lo and behold, literally as that happened, you know, I, and, and I was about to leave New York. I was living in New York at the time. I was, you know, had my bags packed, was getting ready to leave New York to move to move back to, uh, Bombay, um, to start making a suitable girl. And then I met my husband.
0: Well, thank you so much for it's been really, really good talking to you and hearing all these details. Uh, Good luck with uh, your future project. Thank you so much. Thank you. talk to you. So that was our interview with Smriti Mundra. Now, if you want more on this topic, you may want to catch Shraddha Bhalla's podcast, that's 5 to Thrive. And that one will tell you whether you should be looking for a Seema auntie for yourself. Well, that's it for today. I'll be back next week with another story, another perspective. Do give us feedback on at HD Smartcast on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. You can also reach out to me personally on my Twitter handle at Sunetra C or on Instagram at Miss Sunetra. To listen to more podcasts, log on to www.htsmartcast.com. Till next time, goodbye. This was a Hindustan Times production brought to you by HT Smartcast. HD Smartcast.